Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, frog legs on the menu as we're getting ready for a Fort Worth Fandango. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, always free and available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. And today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers right now joining today, and you're getting $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of five bucks or more wins. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, Great to be back with you, my man. A couple of different things to touch on on today's episode is this is a busy week ongoing on the hardwood. And also, depending upon when you're listening or watching this episode, if it is early enough on Tuesday morning, we are still in advance of the Big 12 football schedules being released. So we'll have some of that to chew on from a Texas Tech perspective coming up later on in the day and on tomorrow's episode. Today, we'll take a stab at what we would like it to look like if we had some druthers. This is the Texas Tech, I'm sorry, Locked On Texas Tech Dream Druthers football schedule. We want to send Chris Level to Ames, Iowa earlier in the year. Maybe if there's a new coach on an opposing sideline, we'd like to have them a little earlier in the season. So things like that. Certainly want to hear from you and what you would like to see in the upcoming Texas Tech football schedule. We'll get to that in just a moment. But of course, we're beginning on the hardwood as it's another road trip for Grant McCaslin and the Red Raiders trying to follow up that win in Norman, Oklahoma. Now Fort Worth, the scene as Tech is hooking up with Texas Christian. And uh, Chris, as we talked about on yesterday's episode, always means a lot whenever you can have success on the road. This is not going to be necessarily like the trip to Norman, Oklahoma hoping you're going to find some red and black in the stands, which, by the way, there was some of that in Norman, Oklahoma. I heard some Raider powers coming through the television set. But uh, this is a place where you would expect to be playing in front of some of your fans as well. Can you give them a reason to kind of make some noise, maybe take over the environment to a degree? But as you have in other uh, settings within Big 12 play, facing an experienced head coach, facing a talented team, and one that will come into it highly motivated. Yeah, you know, I'll be interested to see how many uh, Tech fans are, are in the stands just because I think TCU makes it very difficult for opposing fans to uh, to purchase tickets based on some of the experiences that uh, <laughs> TCU has had with Texas Tech in the past. Uh, it, you know, um, it, and it's a smaller arena. It doesn't hold many folks. But this is going to be, to me, I think personnel-wise and, and, and otherwise, this is going to be one of the tougher games that you play all, all year. Uh, it's a tough matchup for you. Oklahoma and TCU are very, very similar. Um, the way their teams are set up, uh, I, the, the way I would phrase it is this way, though. Uh, I, I The collection of parts for Oklahoma is what makes it good. Uh, I, I think TCU, and, and I don't think that there's anybody like on Oklahoma that I would go, man, I'd love to have him playing for me, or I'd trade him for, for that guy easily. 
I, I really don't know if I'd go that route with any of Oklahoma's, you know, from a personnel standpoint. There's a lot of guys that I'd love to, you know, have pl- have planned for you for TCU. Um, and it pains me to say, I mean, I'm, I'm from Fort Worth, but I, I, I dislike the purple and dislike the, <laughs> the frog and all that stuff. I got out of there as quick as I could. I'm kidding, Mom. It's just a joke uh, on the Fort, on the Fort Worth part, not the TCU part. Not the purple stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, hey, by the way, they got one guy that did. Used to wear I know, colors. And, and and I I wish you still had him. He's turned himself into a heck Kinda of a player, too. Micah Peavy. Yeah, but they they uh, so so who who is TCU for people that haven't watched? I mean, one if you uh, if you're trying to figure out if these guys are any good, I'm just gonna t- I'll, I'll sum it up like this: They beat Houston. The end. Okay, <laughs> so and we we can we can be done talking about it. Um, Houston is, I think, the best team in this league. Uh, TCU owns a head-to-head victory. Granted, that game was in Fort Worth, uh, but but they beat these guys. And they have three conference losses by one point uh, at home versus Iowa State, by two points on some shenanigans maybe in Lawrence, Kansas, with a with a bogus flagrant call on, on, on TCU. And, and it, you know, anyway, they lose by two there. And then they go lose um, in overtime to Cincinnati by four. So three conference losses by a combined seven total points with a win over Houston, they're going to be a handful. It's also going to be one of the deeper uh, teams that you face. They play 10 guys. Um, they, they run everything through a, a, a guy by the name of Emmanuel Miller. And, you know, of the of the 10 guys, eight of them are seniors. So it's a very old team. And what's, all, what's also fascinating about the 10-man rotation is every single one of them is a transfer. And he's used that to his advantage in getting guys to come back to Texas or the Metroplex or whatever – but eight of the ten are seniors, and I think um, this is this is just going to be a very difficult game for you matchup wise. You know they they replaced last year Mike Miles, who was one of the best players in the conference. Um, you know Eddie Lampkin was one of their big guys, and you, you know anyway. But but they've kind of there's a lot of pieces that were there last year that are still there. So this is a very experienced team. And, you know, even though they've lost some games, they, they, they haven't, as we've, we've talked about, they haven't been by a lot at all. Um, so, um, and they're, you know, they're ranked and you're ranked. And uh, this, this is a big game for, obviously, TCU. The, the one head scratcher for the Frogs, though, is that game versus Iowa State when it's like they just showed up, like, on a Saturday. Like, I guess we're just going to sleepwalk through this and – Iowa State's gonna gonna fold, and they turned they turned TCU over like 18 times in the first half, and like 27, I think that's right, like in the game, which is astronomical when you talk <laughs> about numbers. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you played a four turnover game, and that this is a TCU team that's really good, mind you, that turns it over 18 times in the first half, and that was without Iowa State having their starting point guard and Taman Lipsy. So, um. Uh, and then, and they only lost that game by one. They came all the way back, and so, man, I, I just expect a, a tough, tough matchup. But you're kind of playing with house money a little bit. I don't think you'll look at it like that, but you, you got a little house money in that you, you went that two game road trip here. You got one of them. Dare to dream a little bit. You get this next one. Look out uh, because you're getting a lot of street cred and a lot of respect. You beat uh, Oklahoma and then TCU on the road with as well as TCU's playing right now. Uh, speaking of respect, as you mentioned, top 25 matchup here. Horn Frogs back in at number 25, I believe. Tech sliding up uh, to number 15 nationally, you might have seen yesterday. And yeah, I, you know, Texas Christian's just riding this Big 12 roller coaster, I guess, because some of their highs have been really high 
And then some of the lows are inexplicable, whether it's Iowa State at home or dropping one to Cincinnati, albeit on the road. But you got to win against Houston. That's as high as anybody's been so far this year. And then the triple OT thriller from just down the road in Waco over the weekend, man. Uh, just kind of a head scratcher as to how some of the other results came to be when you've seen them be as good as obviously we know they can. So probably like every other team, they are looking for a little bit more consistency, I guess you might say. Yeah, and it's hard to find in this league. You know, in the second half against uh, against Baylor, they shot, I think, 68%. They were 17 of 25. You, you shoot 68% in any half, home, away, you're going to be in good shape. Um, and, you know, then they barely survived that one. Uh, you know, and then you look at Baylor, they've lost three games in a row. You know, Oklahoma loses two home games uh, last week. I mean, you know, th- these there's just some – but this is the league, man. You know, for for the, those of us that want to talk about it being the toughest league in the country, and it is by far. These are the kinds of things that'll happen to really good teams. You know, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't take anything away from you. It's just you tip your cap to the other guys sometimes. So we'll see what we get tonight. Um, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting. You 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 would like to think that. TCU is drained a bit after that marathon that they played, but you know, with them playing 10 guys, I just don't know if I would count on that. And, and, you know, cause they've got depth uh, and, and all those things and it'll be, it's a big game, you know, bottom line is this is a big game in the standings. And I think the winner really creates some uh, noise for themselves uh, more so than they've already gotten. Yeah. You're talking about some of those fiery finishes and the way that they're able to shoot the ball in the second half and Texas tech in that, uh, on fire club in the final 20 minutes, 72% they shot against the Sooners there in the second half in Norman. And Chris, you and I talked about on yesterday's episode, uh, another way to skin a cat, which is what we saw from Texas Tech. Another win, thankfully, but of a somewhat different variety. You had 27 poured in by Chance McMillan off of the bench. I imagine there's going to be some similar keys to victory talking points as far as competing on the glass and things like that. But Really, uh, as you've done before, when you say, man, this guy or that guy may be the most important player of this game in this game for Texas Tech or this aspect of the game may be the most impactful. What's on your mind or at the top of the list uh, when you're thinking about Red Raiders and Horned Frogs? First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel and happy Super Bowl week to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And FanDuel has more ways than you can count for you to end this season with a dub or maybe two or three or four, not five, not six. Not only can you bet on who's going to win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which player will score the first touchdown, how many points are going to be scored and so much more. National Anthem action. That do anything for you? Check it out at FanDuel.com. New customers also joining today, and you're going to get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of 5 bucks or more wins. All you got to do, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started and make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. The couple of things that you have to do is like transition defense. You've got to get back. You've got to get the ball stopped. The, the TCU, with their depth and the way that they're built, they're one of the best teams in the country in transition offense. I think they actually score more points at like fast break points per game than anybody in the country. Uh, and, and, again, they're just loaded with long, lanky athletes that get up and down the floor. They don't always take care of the ball, but when they when they turn you over and they get out and run, look out. 
Um, they don't rely on the three-point shot hardly at all. Uh, they do have uh, one three-point threat uh, that that I the A&M Corpus Christi transfer that I think is is really good. But other than that, they really put pressure on the rim constantly. So getting back on defense, getting the ball stopped, make them play in a half court. You may want to opt for a slower game. Uh, you know, I, I think tonight and, and a slower pace would benefit you because if I don't know if you want to get into a track meet. Uh, with TCU, for example. And then I think because they put so much pressure on the rim and they're constantly driving it and they're constantly like just want to get out and run, I think you have to avoid foul trouble uh, more so than in most games. I think there's, you know, you, you, you want to talk about, I just don't know if you want to live without, like you can't, you can't get Warren in foul trouble. You know, he, he would be a key tonight. They have a lot of length and size. Uh, they'll go small sometimes and play Emmanuel Miller at the five. Uh, and, and they've got a couple of post guys. And so I just think Warren's presence, uh, you know, being able to protect the rim is maybe more important in this one than it, than it is in, in others. And it's always vital. Uh, and, yeah, I, th- I think to your recipe or your path to victory, low turnover game would benefit you greatly here because that's how TCU lives and breathes. Okay, they they may not take care of it as much, but they're going to turn you over, and when they do, they're going to punish you with it. And so, I think if you can limit that and not really get into that kind of game, it really negates one of TCU's strengths. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, shoot it well, yeah. I mean, rebound it well, yeah. Some <laughs> obviouses, but you know, yeah, the low turnover game, big. Stay out of foul trouble, big, and then transition defense, big. The, the transition thing is kind of interesting because I, I know there have been some games we've gone into and had a conversation prior to it where we're talking about, you know, you want to be running up and down the floor. You want to get going. And uh, I don't guess that was that big uh, of a factor on Saturday. I, I was taking a look just a moment ago. Only six fast break points for either team between Tech and Oklahoma. But uh sounds like maybe a little bit different recipe if you can pull it off for this one. Yeah, TCU averages about 20-plus per game mm. in that category. Um, you know, but I don't know if they consider those fast break points, but it's like transition points. Yeah. That's what, like, the analytics and all that. Because so w- what that tells you is because there are a lot of times that s- some teams' half-court defenses are so good, you want to run on every opportunity because you don't want to go against their set defense. It's just a pain. They're really disciplined and good. TCU's kind of the opposite in that I don't know if they're as great in the half-court but it's frantic, and and if you can slow the game down and try to execute half court, maybe they get bored. Maybe they they're trying to speed it up, and 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 Coach Dixon's trying to play all these different guys, and so they'll gamble for a steal. They want to get out and run, and, and and all these things, and you could take advantage of it if you slow it down a little bit. So this would be an interesting, you know, kind of pace type of game, and and how it's being dictated because they average, I think TCU's averaging about eighty four points a game. You know, and they can score in a variety of different ways, which is fascinating because not a lot of it comes from the three-point shot. So um, I think uh, you know that that's kind of the game within the game type stuff that we love talking about. Uh, but that's it's a scenario when you when you see your team maybe wanting to slow it down a little bit or or pick and choose on when you run. This would be why. Yeah, and God bless you, man. I mean, not that I would ever be you know, really envious of somebody having to go visit the Texas Christian campus. But I, I'm just convinced that floor can't look as bad in person as it does on television. So uh, please keep us in your thoughts that are uh, viewing through a television screen, because that is a rough thing to take in for the better part of two hours.
Before we move on to our dream, Locked On Texas Tech Red Raider football schedule, we got one being released for real uh, coming up here today, but we're going to put together some of our wishes, if it were to be our choice. Before we get to that, though, back to Warren Washington really quickly, and I'm trying to remember, I may have missed one or forgotten one where he did foul out, but I've been pretty impressed with his ability to stay on the floor through Big 12 plays so far, and I don't know if it's like his veteran savviness or something like that, but that was... You know, one of the things coming into league play that we touched on a lot, can this dude stay on the floor? Because we know how hard it is, how physical it can be, particularly for a big man. And we also know how, I mean, razor thin it is as far as any type of front court impact if Warren Washington was not to be on the floor. So tell me if I'm missing a game or forgetting a game, but I feel like he's done a pretty good job of that. And uh, maybe it's some of that experience that's allowing him to do it. You nailed it, Bullseye. Yeah, I think he, he understands how important he is to his team. I think he 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 understands the situation. Um, of, you know, because there was like – he got in a foul trouble against BYU a little bit, and they kept dumping in the post because they were trying to see if he was going to pick up that fourth one, to which that changes the your, your, the dynamic of your team dramatically. And he, he gave up a few buckets – but he also kind of stopped a few, but he was real careful. And, and and playing without fouling, playing really good and hard without fouling is a skill. There's no doubt. Yeah. And and you've got to, you know, and, and like Pop Isaacs understands this, like he can't foul out either. You know, you just can't do it. Like I'll, I'll concede a layup, but I've got to stay in the game for my team. But yeah, Warren's done a really good job there. But I just, you look at all the size and length of TCU and and if they go small, the, you know, it'll be a tough matchup for somebody like uh, Warren who he'll have to guard Emmanuel Miller if you're in man. And and that's a six seven dude that can pull you away from the bucket and, and there's all kinds of dynamics there. But I think Warren has been really good there so far. No question, man. Uh, playing as many minutes as any big man in the Big 12 Conference may be on the short list of just most minutes played in general, regardless of position, and definitely on the short list of uh, MVPs for Texas Tech to this point in the season. So hopefully that will continue. We'll be back on the other side of the ball game to chew it up with you for better or worse. So before we get out of here today, let's pivot to a football front. We're going to the Dream Factory. We've got a Texas Tech football schedule soon to be released, depending upon, as I said, when you're listening to this, if it's early enough on Tuesday, maybe in advance of that, or maybe now you know what we're getting and where this will be on the money or where this could be wrong. Now, this is if we could have our pick. We're not guessing at what it's going to look like. This is trying to finagle in every practical way the best advantage for Texas Tech in each of these dates, playing with the opponents that we've had given to us as far as who you're going to see home and who you're going to see away. So let's put it up there on the big board. First, today's episode brought to you by Jace Medical, and I hope this podcast is a great escape from the nutso realities of life, but just because it is an escape doesn't mean those realities have gone away. And one of the latest pieces of wildness I've heard, according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics right in the middle of flu season. Can you imagine how helpless you'd feel if your spouse or kids were sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the medication they needed? You don't have to because of the peace of mind you're going to get with Jace Medical and the Jace Case. The Jace Case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including respiratory infections, sinus issues, dermatological infections, and many more. These things can affect anybody, so be one of those anybody's that goes to jacemedical.com right now 
to receive your 12-month supply of your daily medication. And remember to use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. At jacemedical.com, you're going to complete a physician assessment that will then be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Never been more important to be prepared, so take the quick step to do so for your family and go to jacemedical.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON for 20 bucks off your purchase with Jace Medical. Here we go. It's getting real. Now, we know what the non-conference schedule is going to look like, of course. August 31st, you're at home against Abilene Christian. You visit Washington State September 7th, and then you got North Texas coming to your house September 14th. So this is where we get to our list of priorities. What do we want to see? What do we want to see first and foremost? Well, Chris Level's baguettes not being frozen off in Ames, Iowa at the end of November. So we have shoehorned Iowa State into the month of September I've got a conference opener, Chris, early on in Lubbock against the Baylor Bears September 21st. Then you're going to Ames, Iowa to see Texas Tech and the Cyclones probably on a nice, I don't know, 78, 82-degree day there in Ames before you get back to town. And this is where another request comes in. Now, I threw the Colorado Buffaloes coming to Lubbock on October 5th because one of the things you and I discussed was not wanting to see this one put into a Thanksgiving slot here in Lubbock because you really feel like this is going to be one of the more intriguing games fan-wise as far as the season goes. So let's get it on one of your typical dates. Let's roll on into the middle of October, Cincinnati at home. You're visiting Oklahoma State with a little extra time to prepare there for the Cowboys, and that's the first of two straight on the road going to face the Arizona Wildcats. Now, this is one where we had a wish of getting a team with the new head coach a little earlier in the season. Kind of difficult to figure in there, though, because I don't want Mike Gundy too late in the season. So I had quite the conflict of interest between those two. You get further into November, I threw in Arizona State coming to Lubbock November 9th for the first of two straight in Lubbock. West Virginia follows that November 23rd. And then if somebody's got to play on Thanksgiving, again, this is the dream date. And this one is pretty well guaranteed to be wrong because you're trying to get one here in Lubbock at home to pair with that Aggie basketball game coming to town. But why not? If somebody's got to play Thanksgiving weekend at home and do it on a Friday, I'm going to say you're going to visit Texas Christian to wrap up the regular season. So I think some of the the wishes were checked, Chris. Most importantly, again, a nice day in Ames, Iowa. (laughs) But a couple of others we threw in there as well, man. How would this one sit with you if it resembled anything like what we might see? Yeah, because you know the the first things, Cowan, that I, I will look at when we get the schedule l- later this morning is, um, yeah, when you're going to Ames, okay, just for <laughs> selfish reasons. Um, now, granted, it was zero degree temperatures last time you were there, and you did win, so it's not you know not not too bad. But um, I, yeah, I just I don't I don't typically want to see you in that kind of cold weather later on in the season. That doesn't benefit you, in my opinion. Uh, I think that benefits the home team. Uh, and for those reasons, I'd love to see Arizona State have to play as yeah. late in the year as possible in Lubbock because maybe you get a little cold weather and the and the guys from Phoenix uh, struggle with that. I'm, you know, you, you look for any advantage you can. Um, the, the other things I'll look at is is when and how many bye weeks you get. You know, do they do they squeeze two in there uh, for you? Do you get a traditional one? Do you get a midweek game and you kind of play a one game over like a twenty day span or something to where it's uh, you know, because th- those are key with, with seasons is kind of when the breaks come and it allows coaches to kind of like segment their season uh, a bit into thirds or fourths or however you want to look at it. 
and 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 with that, you know, I'm I, I think you're probably. I'll be shocked if you're not playing a midweek game of some sort, whether it be Thursday or Friday somewhere. And I, you know, if I was wishing for stuff like to your point right here, which is what's on the screen, I would hope that you play uh, at at TCU or, at, or in Stillwater uh, on a weekday. Yeah. I don't know, and maybe like in Arizona, maybe that would be a, a good midweek game. But you, you know, one of those uh, one of those road games because I don't think you're going to be asked to host back to back years. Midweek games, you just hosted TCU on a Thursday this past season, and so I, I would guess they'll, they'll, you know, you'll, you'll get the benefit, I guess, in a way uh, from that uh, on the road. But I, I expect a lot of midweek inventory uh, for Texas Tech. I mean, or for just the Big Twelve in general. And I, I bet the Red Raiders are—they're just not going to ask home teams to host these every year, as it's not an ideal scenario. Even though it's a—it's a necessary situation everybody's gonna have to share that responsibility with the tv contract but um anyway so those are my thoughts and yeah and i do i i think to your point you're gonna end up hosting a game on on thanksgiving weekend you're gonna host it on that saturday is what i i strongly believe uh based on what i think texas tech has requested for a variety of reasons mainly the a&m basketball game um, I don't think they would give you like a Thursday night game. I, don't, I guess I wouldn't rule that out either. Like a, on Thanksgiving night, I don't think that's uh, likely at all. Um, but uh, yeah, I think a Saturday home game. And my thought was because you mentioned the Colorado, I, I, Colorado's going to draw really big, and I don't want to waste that home game on that weekend when you, your crowd may suffer. But like to your point, which what you've got at TCU on that weekend, which I don't think would happen. You, you take your you take your show on the road to to a lot of your fan base anyways in the Metroplex, which is why you played Baylor in the Metroplex all those years. Yeah, and it kind of the the Colorado thing. I feel like I could almost make an argument as well in the opposite direction. Like, would that help your Thanksgiving home crowd if you had Deion Sanders coming to town? I I get what you're saying. I don't know though. Maybe uh, the other way you could talk yourself into it as well, uh, having something that's going to be intriguing. And I got to tell you also, I kind of. You know, just from a, a ticket holder, selfish interest perspective, not all competitively speaking, but just entertainment value. You know, I feel like some of these segments as you would break down uh, the schedule that I threw up here on the screen, you've got some fairly compelling games in each of these types of portions of the season, whether it's, you know, Oklahoma State or Colorado or Texas Christian. With all due respect to all the other newcomers, those are the ones that are kind of getting my attention. You know, even Baylor to a degree, I guess, coming to town there early on, but uh I'll say this, all apologies for any previous complaints towards schedule makers, because I about pulled my hair out of my head last <laughs> night trying to put this together for one team in a fantasy realm. So maybe I'll be a little lighter on the criticism the next time this one comes out. Uh, yeah, just here potentially, I guess, in a few hours. But um, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Sh- See, I got some uh, extra dates here worked in between the Cincinnati and Thursday night trip to uh, Oklahoma State. And then I got an extra date worked in there between the uh, Arizona State and West Virginia home games. So, yes, of course, I'm making the schedule. I'm giving Texas Tech two two open weekends <laughs> to prepare for some of these. But that's not always the case, is it, whenever the league office is making these decisions? Yeah, you know, and what I've always hated is when, like, you'd have the your bye week was at the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, right. that was always extreme because it's like it's really not really a benefit. So you, you, you'd you love a couple of bye weeks spread in there. But that that's really the – I guarantee you that's what Joey will look at uh, whenever he first gets it. He's probably actually already seen it and, and knows exactly what his team's getting into. But 
Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, the psychology of the schedule and, you know, and then and you start to it, it starts to become a bit rea- you know realistic with everything, and that you know you're not you're not playing you know the Oklahoma and Texases. This there's a lot of uh, winnable games on the schedule, but that's what everybody's going to kind of say. Everybody's going <laughs> to sit there and, and 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 locked on fill in school here and go if they're doing this exercise and be like. You can win a lot of these games. Well, not yeah, okay, but not everybody is going to win all of the games. But, um, but yeah, no, no Utah, no BYU, uh, n- neither Kansas school, um, and I, I think that you largely benefit from who you don't play in some instances, uh, which I think is kind of fun. Now it makes for a, a home schedule that's not as juicy as you're used to be. But this is kind of your new normal, and you know it needs to be about who you who you know coming to watch your guys and yeah. and, and all those things and um and, and all that business so uh but we'll see what we get man i'm as curious as anybody it may drop uh one of those uh video shorts on, on everybody once we kind of get uh, clarification on on what that looks like and we'll try to turn one of one of those around rather quickly as soon as we get uh, clarification on what your schedule is yeah get some reaction uh later tuesday morning again depending on when you are taking this in yeah we just got to work ourselves into a lather and i'm sure that eventually (laughs) with enough uh double a's in the mix or the d battery i don't know which one you like to bring into to the jones we'll cook some beef with some of these new guys all right we're we're gonna tick somebody off somewhere they're gonna tick us off somewhere (laughs) and maybe a few years down the road we'll have some beef cooking once again i'm sure nothing like with uh, the university of texas or the aggies once upon a time Reality does kind of sit in when you don't see the University of Texas on there. You know, Oklahoma never registered with me anyway. I didn't grow up watching Big 8 football. Uh, But either way, a new normal is about to be upon us. So stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you don't miss anything whenever the new schedule hits the scene. Chris, appreciate the time as always, my man. And we'll be back on the other side to talk about whatever happens tonight in Fort Worth. So hoping for the best. Yep, hope to see many of you at uh, Showmire Arena in Fort Worth tonight. Uh, be sure to say hi if you do. By the way, uh, in Norman, I did have a loyal listener come up to me and say, hey, love you and Cowan's show. Uh, if if the Red Raiders win the conference, level you have to do a show in Cowan's suit and tie, and Cowan's <laughs> got to wear one of these hoodies that, that, that you're wearing all the time, whatever. And I was Gladly. like – I was like, all right. You know, it was kind of taking me. I'm like, he kind of had me reeling. I was bobbing and weaving. But I, I appreciate uh, him saying something. I appreciate him listening. Oh, yeah. And, and, and all those things. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully I'll see some of you in Fort Worth tonight. But, uh, yeah, guns up. Keep hope alive. And we'll see if we can't keep this thing rolling. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, this will be easy to get to you if that happens because this jacket, shirt, and tie is all one piece. Just fastens with Velcro in the back <laughs> like one of those old school dickies. Shout out to Cousin Eddie. All right, for Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Again, make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. We hope to see you back here for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech.